Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Utah's source for exclusive access and insights behind the news. Here's the opinion page editor of the Deseret News, Boyd Matheson, on KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Welcome back, everyone, to Inside Sources here on KSL News Radio. It is great to be with you today. I am Boyd Matheson, opinion editor at the Deseret News. And if you missed our last segment, uh, we had Pulitzer Prize winner and best-selling author George Will uh, with us to talk conservative principles and uh, conservative sensibilities. It's uh, always interesting to get his perspective on where the nation is, where the nation's politics are. Uh, and what comes next as a result of that. If you missed any of that, we'll have that up on our podcast uh, coming up here a little later today. Uh, also, we may share a little bit of that uh, back at you in our 1150 segment. Uh, George Will, of course, has uh, been around for four decades uh, as a columnist for the Washington Post and uh, has a lot of great experience on terms of where conservative conservatism has been and where it is today. And uh, we wanted to project that out just a little bit and uh, very excited to welcome to the program Sam Benson, uh, who is an opinion writer and part of the team at uh, Deseret News. And he is a young conservative and uh, has some interesting perspective as well. Sam, thanks for joining us today. Of course, Boyd. Thank you so much. All right. So uh, I know you're you're working on a piece. We're going to tease out a piece that uh, will appear later uh, this week online and uh, in print in the Deseret News Weekend Edition coming up over the the next weekend. Uh, talking about just that, that a lot of uh, a lot of the conversations right now have been either to the old guard uh, of the Republican Party, people like Mitch McConnell, uh, or some of those uh, voices like a Ben Sass or a Mitt Romney or even a Rob Portman who uh, announced his retirement today. And uh, you're working on the case that really the future of conservative principles is, is really belongs to the young. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think it's a, it's a numbers game. Um, you think about Generation Z and millennials in the next decade, they'll make up the majority of the voting population in the United States. And by 2036, they'll be 60 percent. So we're looking at a group of young people who um, within a decade will be controlling our elections. Their decision will be the decision in a lot of cases. Um, and for the GOP, that doesn't look good. Only 11 percent, according to the Harvard Youth Poll, subscribes to this, uh, are supporters of, of the former President Trump. So going forward, the GOP has to figure out there's this huge swath of young people that are largely disillusioned with conservative politics in the aggregate. And how do they win them back? That's the question that they have to grapple with. Yeah, I think that's such a fascinating thing. And and I think there's 
this interesting element developing uh, where you have some of those uh, traditional priorities of fiscal responsibility, limited government. We talked about those with George Will in the in the previous uh, segment. Uh, and you're saying that those are now being combined with some of the younger generations yearning for, for inclusion, for moderation on some of the social issues, uh, more of that uh, big tent Republican kind of format. Absolutely. Um, and I dig more into this in the story. I don't want to give it all away. I want your listeners to have a reason to read it when it comes out in a few days. But as I talk to some of these thought leaders in the next wave of conservatives and the next generation of the GOP, four main issues kind of stuck out conservation, immigration, race relations, and and rhetoric. And that last one isn't a policy issue, right? Rhetoric, how we talk to each other and to the other party, isn't um, a a matter of of policy, but it is a matter of politics. You heard George Will just now talk about um, how important it is that we kind of get past this divisiveness in our politics. And that goes on both sides of the political aisle. But so many of the people I talk to, whether they're from Gen Z, GOP, or the National Committee for um, College Republicans. So many have talked about how it's so difficult to find uh, to find agreement in our current political climate because it's just so divisive. And for a lot of young people, myself included, um, where we see we want to see moderation on on issues like immigration or conservation, it's hard to fit into one political party when one party views the other as an enemy, right? And when we share ideas with both parties, that puts us in a difficult situation. I think that's a feeling that's being felt across the political spectrum by young people on all sides. Yeah, and I've been uh, been dying to ask you this, uh, Sam, as you've gone through this process and you've done your, your research around this piece. Uh, it, it seems to me, you know, that a lot of the younger uh, the younger voters, you know, tend to get the bad rap that they're narcissistic and self-absorbed and it's the me, you know, all of that kind of stuff. And yet I see many in that young voting class that are actually more communitarian than their than their parents. They just do it a little bit different. More of it's online. Uh, and what are you seeing in terms of that kind of community importance and connection uh, among those younger voters? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you can point to data that shows that young people don't volunteer as much, they're not as involved in community organizations. And I think young people are involved just in different ways. You mentioned online. Um, this, this last election, we saw voter turnout at a higher, higher point among young people than we ever have before. Um, more people from the millennial and Gen Z generations voted than in any other election, partly, partly because they were, they're not eligible to vote. Um, but young people showed up in record numbers and I think people are interested in, in not necessarily politics, but with civic engagement in the sense that it affects us. Um, we're people that are in college. A lot of people on, on the left are pushing for uh, maybe college tuition forgiveness, right? Student debt forgiveness. That's an issue that applies to us directly. All of us are going to college. We have friends that are immigrants that are recipients of DACA. That's an issue that affects our demographics specifically. Um, a lot of us are thinking about our grandkids and our great-grandkids or even our children, um, and the climate, right, the global warming, that's an issue that affects us directly. So a lot of these issues we, we feel so passionately about because they affect us or they affect the people around us. Um, so, yeah, you could say young people don't volunteer as much. They're not part of the Rotary Club or whatever in your community, but they are getting involved in different ways and they want to see change. Um, and, and both parties are trying to address that. The GOP just needs to hone into that young demographic in order to get it back. Yeah, and it seems so interesting to me that uh, as as you look at some of those principles, that uh, they they do kind of come full circle uh, with the young and the old, uh, and really it does come back to to community. I, I think uh, everyone is increasingly uh, being uh, just 
exhausted with the the politics of it all. Uh, and uh, as George Will said, you know, if we can get back to having real debates about real issues <laughs> that are uh, what did he he called them. Uh, they are uh, splittable differences <laughs> and that we should get back to that kind of political discussion. You wrote uh, uh, not too long ago about uh, making uh, politics boring again, that that might actually be a good thing for the country. Absolutely. I, I was flattered that George Will agrees with that. Um, and, and look, Boyd, for young people, myself included, we've grown up in an age where many of us, you know, we, we were too young really to get involved um, during the George W. Bush administration. We kind of our earliest memories of politics are the Obama years and then more visibly during the Trump administration. So we grew up in a time where it's this hyper polarization, right, where um, we, we really haven't seen a functioning Congress. Think about that. We haven't seen a functioning Congress and we've grown up in the United States. And so we were in this situation where we just yearn for civility. We yearn for disagreement. How crazy does that sound? We yearn for disagreement, but disagreement civilly. So we can have these conversations. And we're all just trying to figure out who we are politically, what we stand for. And if the, G- the GOP has a great opportunity to win over some of these young people who are independents, who feel conservative, but, but don't see a party that matches their ideals. Um, and if we can get back to a point where we can discuss these issues civilly, I think the GOP has an opportunity to grow. But if we don't get there, the GOP could be in some dire straits. Yeah, uh, great analysis, and uh, we'll, we'll hold the rest. Uh, you can watch for that coming uh, online on Deseret.com later this week and in the uh, print edition uh, coming up over the weekend. Sam Benson, uh, an extraordinary writer, a great thinker, uh, next-generation uh, conservative with some ideas that are always worth reading. Uh, Sam, thanks for joining us today. Yeah, thanks, boy. All right. Again, that's uh, Sam Benson uh, from the Deseret News. Uh, He is a brilliant writer. You really need to check out his columns uh, there at Deseret.com and uh, in the print edition as well. We're going to go ahead and step aside for a quick commercial break. When we come back, we're going to digest all of this young and old principles. How do they play out in today's world? Stay with us. Conversation continues on KSL News Radio. It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts.